Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Eurotrip. As usual, it's me, James, and joining me, as ever, is the wonderful Mr. Rob Lilly. Hello, everybody, James, people listening around the globe. It's great to have you with us. <laughs> around the globe, wherever you are. The International Eurotrip Podcast. <laughs> it's great to have you with us, as usual, and as it has been over the past few weeks. It's been a very busy seven days since we last joined you on the Eurotrip last week. Of course, we did do Melfest Monday on Monday, but you remember back to last week's episode of the Eurotrip, and we spoke to Anders Bagger, you remember, and then he magically qualified from his heat in Melody Festival at the weekend. He won his heat and has gone straight through to the final. Now, if you remember in the chat, he said, if I do qualify, Mm. send me a message and we'll arrange another chat. Well, right now, Rob, I've been I've been texting. I've got a text ready to send and I'm going to send it now. Have you messaged him at all so far or is this going to be the first correspondence? This is going to be the first correspondence since we last spoke, but he did say text me on Monday. We're recording on Monday. You'll be listening later in the week. But I thought it would be good if I send it now. And imagine if he rings while recording the podcast. Wouldn't that be marvellous? Oh, let's find out then. Oh, let's send that off. And then we'll find out what happens as we uh, as we carry on with today's episode. Oh, Anders Bagger could pop up at any time. How exciting. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I've sent the text. Let's see what happens on this week's episode of the Eurotrip. As you know, Lassandra always said, take it away. Hi. We are Tavi and you're listening to Eurotrip. I don't close any doors. I love Eurovision, I love Eurovision, and, and it will always be a part of me. That night, I found myself live on Russian state television for, for Russia's Song for Europe. I said to Joe, send BBC Teenage Life. Maybe two weeks later, I was at a press conference and I was on Making Your Mind Up. Everyone was like, Eldar, 
Come, celebrate with us. The end of filming, they put honey on my face and I needed to be, you know, sexy with this honey on my face. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Eurotrip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, James. And this week, the return of Anna Bergendahl. The big return of Anna Bergendahl herself. Yeah, I'm so excited to have Anna back on the podcast. If you cast your minds back to, I think it was October, November time, we had Anna on the podcast. It was great to chat to her then about her Melfest and Eurovision experiences. And at the time, you may remember, she said to us, I'll not be back in Melody Festival in 2022. Well, she is. She's back and she's going to be competing this coming weekend. And let me tell you, we do put it right between myself and Anna about how she got away with lying to my face. How dare she do that? Uh, But it's a fantastic conversation, including this, where she tells us a little bit about her song, Higher Power, that she'll be competing with this coming weekend. I think and hope that people will see kind of a trilogy between Ashes to Ashes, Kingdom Come and Higher Power. I think that there is a continuum there somehow. It's the same songwriting team. Uh, We have the same choreographer and stylist and um, uh, creative um, producers for the number. So there will definitely be, um, yeah, I hope that that it will be a, a trilogy. Yeah, really, really interested to find out what happens when James and Anna meet again after her web of lies just before Christmas. (laughs) So we'll hear more of that later on. Also, my chat with Kyriakos from Aussie Vision, of course, because Australia Decides hits the Gold Coast this weekend. And don't forget as well, UMK over in Finland kicks off and concludes this coming Saturday. Their big final includes Cyan Kicks, another rock band for Finland, so we'll be catching up with those guys too. So you're listening on Acast, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. That's right. This is the Eurotrip. Thanks again for joining us. Make sure you subscribe and rate us five star and leave us a review and all that sort of thing if you're new around here. You normally leave that till the end. Yeah, well, I thought I'd get it in early in case people don't listen to the end, in case this is the part that they hear every week and they never leave us a review and thought let's get it in early so if you are new around here or if you've been around here for a long time and you haven't subscribed or left us a review or rate us five stars go and do that now and keep on listening hopefully you can hear us okay this week as well because as you may have noticed at the weekend we did one of those funky little twitter spaces on saturday morning which twitter with a d twitter yeah twitter with a d uh, which would have been nice and fun really enjoyable However, Rob, you did blame me for something that was actually entirely your fault. Yeah, if you were listening, or I don't know if listening is the right word, if you were bearing with the Twitter space (laughs) on Saturday morning, uh, you may have heard quite a lot of me going, James, I can't hear you, pal. It must be your internet. And then I I was busy sort of typing away to him while we were speaking, like, James, sort out your broadband. Anyway, eventually we we just fell off air. Uh, We just disappeared (laughs) mid chat which was highly unprofessional. So apologies to everybody. And it turns out that I'm the one that needs to apologise because after that had all happened, I thought, you know, let's find out what's gone wrong here. And I looked at my phone and I checked my Wi-Fi connection, which, of course, I thought was completely fine because it was definitely James's fault. Uh, Apparently not. Um, Apparently what had happened is uh, my phone had somehow, and I still to this day don't know how, 
managed to root itself through next door's broadband, which, given that, therefore, the broadband signal from there was trying to come through about four brick walls, you can see why it was a little bit patchy. Who on earth is connected to the neighbour's Wi-Fi to begin with? How have you got the password? Well, I, I need to get in touch with them and tell them they need to sort out their internet security, basically, isn't it? Or either that or I've been off our uh, our hub down there and we can uh, we can live <laughs> internet bill free and just use next doors. Although, as we found last uh, weekend, we definitely can't do that because the signal very much not strong enough. How very stupid. But thank you for apologising. Are you apologising both to the listeners who had to endure that and also to me for trying to blame me for something that wasn't my fault? Yes, to both of you. I am. I'm very, very sorry. And it won't happen again, everybody. I promise. Won't happen again. I mean, it probably will because me and technology is not the best. Uh, But yeah, I'll do my best to make sure it doesn't happen again. Apology accepted. Yeah, we're talking about Twitter spaces there. Of course, make sure if you're not already, go and follow us uh, over on Twitter. We are at Eurotrip Podcast. Same on Instagram as well. And for any other messages you want to get in touch with, we are hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. That jingle, of course, means it is time for the very latest news from the world of Eurovision in what is, of course, the weekend after, the weekend before, a saying that no one has ever said, ever. But you know what I mean, because Saturday was Super Super Saturday, as we crowned it, because the Saturday before that was Super Saturday, so Saturday just gone was Super Super Saturday, because we got six new songs for Eurovision 2022, which James, I'm sure, will talk to us about in just a second when he gives us his news roundup. But it did mean that I had the opportunity on Sunday to pop a tweet out because I was just intrigued. I said, you know, after Super Super Saturday, what's everybody's top five? So let's pick a couple of random ones here. So uh, Yadana got in touch. Top five here. Italy, Spain, Norway, Estonia and Malta. Uh, Johnny, Estonia, the Czech Republic, Poland, Albania and Lithuania. So hardly any of the same songs in there at all. Only Estonia in both of those uh, choices. Another one here. Jack, I asked for flag emojis. Uh, Jack went with a bowl of salad, which I can assume is Latvia, uh, a wolf for (laughs) Norway, and then Croatia, San Marino and Lithuania. And then let's just pick one more. Uh, Paul, he said, Norway, Albania, the Czech Republic, Spain and Italy. I mean, there's a lot of different countries being mentioned there, which does just show how open Eurovision 2022 has the potential to be. Yeah, a big mix of songs in there. We've got a good handful that are ready and prepared for Turin. Some that'll, no doubtedly, get a bit of a revamp before Turin as well. And then, don't forget, we've still got another two or three weeks of national final season to go. So we've still got plenty more songs to come. You mentioned Super Super Saturday. I think if we got a Super 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 Saturday on March the 5th as well, that looks like it's going to be a busy night too. Super Super Saturday Part 2, I'd call it. I don't know if it's big enough to be Super 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 Saturday, but it's bigger maybe than Super Saturday. So maybe Super Super Saturday 2.0. Okay. You write that down, everyone, so you don't forget. (laughs) Let's talk about Super Super Saturday, though. The one that's just gone. We got six brand new songs for Turin 2022. Let's take a listen to them all. Yeah. 
LPS with Disco for Slovenia, Achille Lauro with Stripper for San Marino, Emma Muscat with Out of Sight for Malta, Christian Ockman with River for Poland, Mia Dimsic with Guilty Pleasure for Croatia, and of course, Subwolfer with Give That Wolf a Banana for Norway. Whew. And breathe, everyone. And breathe. Uh, now, over in Sweden, they seem to be the odd one out on Saturday as they were hosting a Heat of Melody Festival and rather than the final. But what a show it was. All the reaction, of course, in our latest episode of Melfest Monday from earlier in the week. Now, after weeks and weeks of silence, France has finally given us details about their national selection for Eurovision. Uh, understandable silence, of course, because they were organising junior Eurovision up until Christmas last year. Twelve artists have been chosen to compete in Sevuke Dissidae, which will be broadcast on March the 5th. Another date, of course, to pop in your diary. One of those super, super Saturdays. Uh, since we last joined you, the drama has continued in Ukraine. Alina Pash has withdrawn from representing the country. The head of the broadcaster, Yaroslav Lodigin, who Rob spoke to a couple of weeks ago, has resigned from his position. And we now expect runner-up Kalush Orchestra to get the ticket to Turin. Now, there's also potential drama in Israel as well, as some media over in the nation are reporting that Michael Ben David is considering withdrawing from the contest just a couple of weeks after winning the X Factor over in Israel. We'll keep an eye on that and see if anything develops from there. Uh, in Italy, the broadcaster Rai has revealed the stage design for Eurovision 2022. The concept is called The Sun Within, and it was designed by Francesca Martinaro, and it features a lush Italian garden and even, get this, a waterfall. How very 2014, if you ask me. Yeah, although all that water next to all that electric, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an electrician, but I feel like that... <laughs> That may be a little hazardous. They got away with it in Copenhagen, though, in 2014, didn't they, with that big bath? Would they want me to call it a bath? I'm not really <laughs> sure. I don't what think the Danish broadcasters will be pleased at you calling their stage a bath. But yeah, sure. 
Oh, and finally, let me just tell you that in Armenia, it's been announced that Yerevan naturally will host the Junior Eurovision Song Contest of 2022 inside the Karen Demirchian Sports and Concerts Complex, which can host up to 8,000 people for large events. I was going to say, go and book your tickets and your flights now, but we don't have a date yet for the diary, so keep your eye across that and we'll update you when we know. Does it make you nervous if I say that I've already been on Skyscanner looking at flights to Yerevan? Oh, no, of course you have. Of course you have. Interested? Of course. We we, we missed out on Paris, didn't we, for, for Junior last year. So, yeah, let's make Yerevan in Armenia happen for Junior this year. Well, we've got our first Euro trip since we started doing the Euro trip on the way in the next couple of weeks. So uh, more details to come. Now, coming up this weekend, it's a bit of a quiet one, actually. This coming Saturday just features the two national finals who will get a guaranteed two new songs for Turin. They are, of course, UMK in Finland. We'll chat to Cyan Kicks, who are hoping to represent Finland. We'll be chatting to them very, very shortly. As well as that, it's the return of Australia Decides. Yeah, the first Australia Decides for a couple of years. Obviously, we didn't get one in 2021. The last one we saw in 2020 saw Montaigne, of course, emerge victorious on the Gold Coast. And now it's back. 11 acts battling it out to represent Australia in Turin. We're going to have a big audience in the arena in the Gold Coast. A real celebration of all things Australia and Eurovision, which is so special and so nice as well for the Australian fans that they don't have to get up early for a change for a Eurovision selection show. And I mentioned that to the man I spoke to, Kyriakos Tinovitz from Aussie Vision. Of course, we are big fans of Aussie Vision here on the Eurotrip podcast. We spoke about that. We also spoke about the artist lineup as well, who he thinks potentially will be among the runners and riders to represent Australia this year. And I started by asking him how excitement was building over in Australia ahead of what is a very exciting Eurovision week for them. The big week has uh, begun. We've seen artists uh, slowly making their way uh, to the Gold Coast and uh, also fans getting ready. Um, for some people, it's the first time they're flying since uh, Australia Decides 2020 before the big COVID outbreak. Um, so, yeah, everyone's excited uh, to get together again and uh, celebrate Eurovision. Well, you mentioned it there. What are excitement levels like? Because... We've not seen an Australia decide since 2020. So is there general hype around it as well? Obviously, the Eurovision fans are excited, but are you seeing it in the mainstream press as well a bit more? Yeah, uh, we have been seeing that uh, as the songs have been coming out in a staggered approach. Um, each artist has been. We've seen them on uh, various uh, broadcasters here um, on radio stations. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot more um, uh, engagement uh, with the media uh, this year with a, a lot of the singers. And it's uh, really great to see that. Uh, let's chat about the artists who are taking part, of course, on Saturday. Now, we've got Andrew Lambrew, Charlie, Erica Padilla, G-Nation, Azai Fibrace and Evie Irie, of course, Jaguar Jones is back, Jude York, Paulini, Sean Miley-Moore, Sheldon Riley and Voyager. Now, you've spoken to a lot of them, Kyriakos, for Aussie Vision, of course. Yes. Who's been your favourite to catch up with, actually? This, is, this isn't necessarily, you know... What songs should we be looking out for? But who's been your favourite person to kind of hang out with and have a chat to before Australia decides? Well, I have to say, firstly, they've all been so lovely uh, to chat with. I know uh, really got along with uh, Sheldon. Uh, he was really great to talk to. Uh, Andrew Lambrew as well, uh, Greek Cypriot. Uh, I'm a, from Greek background myself. So, yeah, very um, connected with him very well as well. 
who are you most excited about then? When you see that list, because there are some real high quality names and names that, you know, the Australian public are going to know. And, and some names in there, of course, that, you know, Eurovision fans who have watched Australia Decides are going to know as well, like Jaguar Jones. You know, there's almost something in there for everybody. Yeah, I, I'd say Paulini. Um, she was uh, on Australian Idol back in uh, 2003 with Guy Sebastian. I think she came up fourth or fifth uh, back then. And that was a, a surprise and great to see her return uh, to a TV uh, scene competition. Um, and she was also <laughs> great to speak to uh, someone that I admired back then uh, when she was on Australian Idol. Uh, also, a lot of um, artists that have done very well um, on uh, The Voice Australia. So you've got yeah, G Nation, uh, Sean Miley Moore, who also, I think it was on X Factor back uh, in 2015 in, uh, um, in the UK, and uh, also um, Sheldon Riley as well. And yeah, great to see Jaguar Jones return. Also the big um, re Eurovision return for Isaiah Firebrace, who said he's coming back and has some unfinished business. So that's, uh, that's also great to see. We've also had the, the broadcaster kind of embracing the new social media channels as well and the platforms, because we've got the TikTok wildcard as well in Australia Decides this year. So who do you think then are the names that are going to be battling it out? Because I've seen a few of the fan polls beforehand. I know Aussie Vision, of course, you guys have got your own one going on at the moment. I mean, the name that seems to stand out is, is Sheldon Riley at the moment. But I don't think it's going to be a closed book, is it? I mean, it seemed pretty open for where I'm standing. Yes, uh, definitely very open. Uh, it's looking very much like a three-horse race uh, to us at the moment. Uh, you've got Voyager actually quite popular as well and a lot of the fandom are really engaging uh with their song dreamer sheldon riley as well is getting a lot of talk and yeah jaguar jones's return uh really excited everyone and she's coming back with that vulnerable uh ballad um yeah so they're probably the three that there's a lot of uh chatter about but th there's a lot of like even paulini she's still very popular um and yeah again there's a um the voice uh, factor there as well with the other artists but also um the tiktok um artist uh, wildcard experiment uh, i think went really well because erica padilla was a great find uh, she has millions of followers on tiktok and uh yeah she's come with a banging song so it'll be it's great to see a new artist uh, be born and we get to witness that on stage in the, on the gold coast now, for, for European listeners to this, you know, it's, it's nice for you guys because actually it's the flip side almost because you're normally the ones having to get up early. But we're going to be the ones that get a bit of Eurovision with our breakfast on Saturday morning here yes. in Europe, which, to be honest with you, we've got to thank SBS because it's not that early either. I think we, we get like an 8.30 kickoff, which is, is almost perfect for us here. Now, for anyone planning their viewing, it's not just, you know, the Australia Decides competition. We've also got a very special interval act as well. We've got Kino performing. Yes, uh, they're coming back uh, to Australia for the second time now. Um, they came after their Eurovision uh, televote as te Eurovision televote winners in 2019, and they came and toured Australia um, straight after that. So they're they're coming uh, to perform as well. They, they also revealed they'll be performing a cover of Kylie Minogue's "On a Night Like This," which got uh, lots of people very excited. <laughs> And also, uh, Montaigne is coming back uh, to perform uh, Technicolor, and she also has a new single called uh, Always Be You, and uh, she'll also be performing. Talk us through your travel plans then, Kyriakos. Give us a, an idea of your week. We're, start, we're talking at the start of the week. When are you making it over to the Gold Coast? And, and hopefully, as you mentioned at the start of the chat, it'll be a great chance for you and, and the rest of the Aussie Vision team to catch up for the first time in a long time. 
Well, luckily for me, I uh, live in Brisbane. So the Gold Coast is actually just one hour away. So very lucky uh, in that regard that I don't have to uh, catch a plane. Um, but yeah, I'll be heading over uh, on Friday and do a few catch-ups with some people I haven't seen for a few years, obviously due to COVID, uh, which would be very exciting. And uh, the Aussie Vision team will also be catching up. Uh, the last time we all saw each other was Australia Decides 2020. So uh, looking forward to that as well. Well, Kyriakos, on behalf of kind of all of us and to the whole Aussie Vision team, you know, thank you so much for all of your coverage, not just, of course, of Australia Decides, but of Eurovision, because it is fantastic. And we hope you have the best time on Saturday. We can't wait to find out who Australia is sending to Turin. Thank you very much, Rob. And uh, hope to see you in Turin and maybe we can go out for a cannoli or something. This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. Lovely to hear from Kyriakos here on the Eurotrip this week. Of course, he's from Aussie Vision. Rob mentioned before, we love Aussie Vision here on the podcast. Always great to chat to those guys. And also, I don't know if you noticed, but earlier this week, Australia opened their borders again to tourists. And um, I'm not trying to suggest anything, but it does appear that they had Eurovision in mind. They've gone, oh, goodness, we've got Australia Decides this coming weekend. Let's open the borders and make sure all the Eurovision fans can pop over. Are you telling me that you're, like, what, actually considering going to the Gold Coast from <laughs> from, from here for Saturday? Rob said we've got a Eurotrip planned. Lo and behold, we're heading to the Gold Coast this weekend. <laughs> Imagine going to the Gold Coast for a weekend. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe next year instead. Maybe when we've got a bit more time to plan ahead. But let's talk about the other national final that is going to be on our screens this coming weekend. It is, of course, UMK over in Finland. They've got seven fantastic artists vying for the crown to hopefully take over from where Blind Channel left off. A great result for Finland last year. Uh, we spoke to the Rasmus a few weeks ago. They're going to be one of the artists. But another one of them is another rock band, actually. It's Cyan Kicks. Now, it does just seem that Finland have this love affair with rock music, doesn't it? You think back to Lordi, Blind Channel, we've got the Rasmus and Cyan Kicks taking part this coming weekend. So I thought it'd be good to start off by getting Cyan Kicks to tell us a little bit about their musical style, rather than just us all classing them as a rock band. Cyan Kicks can be anything, yeah. really. We can... You're really right with that one, but... We shouldn't be categorized in one yes, it's, genre. Yeah, we don't like categorize our music because, yeah, because one song can be like full electro and the other song like really heavy. We have our own sound. That's that's uh, what Cyan Kicks is. So you're just your own genre. That's that's what we like to hear. You're just an anomaly to music. You've got rock, you've got pop, and then Cyan Kicks is just a genre unto themselves, which is brilliant. But there is definitely a bit of rock in there, isn't there? I've been listening to some of your back catalogue, the song you've put uh, forward for UMK Hurricane. We'll chat about that in a moment. But what is it about Finland and rock music? Because it just seems like there's so many acts there that do have a bit of rock element to it. So why Finland and why rock? Why is there so much of it? I don't know. I think it's in our DNA somehow. It's mm. so dark and cold and weird. I don't know. People want to write like yeah. heavy stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's starts from the 60s or 70s because the popular music in Finland back then was rock and punk. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was huge and it just keep, kept on growing from there. But it, yeah, all in all, it, I think it comes from how dark it's how dark the years are here. 
<laughs> you just get loads of dark months. It's always dark. You just play dark music. I love it. Uh, now, Susanna, can you tell us a bit more about the band? Because we've got you two here, but there's a couple more of you uh, to the band. So can you introduce us to the band members who aren't here and tell us a bit more about you guys. How long have you been doing music together? Well, actually, we met with Neela uh, almost 10 years ago and 2011. And we had a previous band back then. And well, that band broke up. And well, at first, when I met Neela, I, 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 I knew that this is the guy that I want to work with like the rest of my life. And we were together and we founded Science Kicks in 2016. And Levi, our, our bassist and our drummer, Pietari, they were both um, your school friends from yeah. Music Academy. And so you guys know each other before. And I met them at the first time when Neela asked them to join our band. Now, let's look ahead to the future, or at least now anyway, because you've got this song, Hurricane, which sounds absolutely tremendous that you've put forward for UMK. When did this come about? When did you start to write this song? It was uh, last summer. It all started when we met with Elise. Um, yeah, the lead singer from the band Amaranth. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and yeah, we were chatting and, and um, we came up with the idea that we should write together a song. And a few weeks from that, uh, Elise came to, uh, to Finland and to our studio. We have our own studio here in Helsinki. And we wrote the song Hurricane. And we didn't write the song for, for this um, UMK. It, it wasn't our idea when we were writing. We just wanted to write a good song together. And we did that. And just a few days after our session, we were listening to that demo and we were like, this is the song. This is the song that we're going to send to UMK. Just like a hurricane, we tear it down the walls. Not going to settle for less. We know we're powerful. Don't try to shut us up. We're not going to shut up. We will never give up. This hurricane won't stop. Don't try to drag me so whose idea was it to enter UMK in the first place? Because you've written Hurricane just as one of, you know, just as a new song. At what point did you think, okay, actually, UMK is a really good idea for the band? Actually, it's been in the talks for four years. We've been thinking about that. And there's been actually rumors of us applying for UMK before. I've seen on Twitter. Yeah. There's this ESC fandom yeah. that's been hoping for us. But actually, this was the first time that mm -hmm. we applied. And why do you think now is the right time for you guys to step into UMK? You know, you've said you've had this idea for a few years and there's been these rumours from fans. Why 2022? Why did you think this was the right time to take part in the competition? Well, we just felt, felt that we're ready now. Before, we didn't feel like we didn't have enough music out. We didn't have, like, decent plans for the future. We, it's, we, we weren't, like, the whole, like, perfect package. But now we feel like that this is the time and... We are more ready than ever. The one big thing is that we have plans, whatever happens in the UMK yes. for this year, touring wise, and we have an album coming. And the foundation is like, it feels like it's there now. Yeah. Have you been inspired in any way by some of the successes from 2021? You know, of course, Blind Channel had an incredible result for Finland last year, didn't they? Finishing sixth place uh, in the grand final. You look at Monoskin, you see what those guys have done in the last year is just phenomenal. Have you looked at that and thought, do you know what, Eurovision, UMK, 
it's a really credible route. You can really gain some big successes from that competition. Yes, of course, it, it was a huge inspiration as well. Yeah, it wasn't the sole reason for that, but UMK has stepped up their game mm-hmm. you know, in the last two years, I think, mm-hmm. massively. And it was so cool to see more rock acts in last Eurovision. Speaking of rock as well, we can't chat and not mention the Rasmus because they're going to be one of your big competition uh, in UMK this year. What do you make of the Rasmus? Have they been an inspiration to you while you've been writing music while you were growing up? Because they were huge. You know, I hate to say it because it's 20 years ago and it doesn't feel that long ago. But were they an inspiration to you back in the day? I don't know. Um, I was I was a fan of the Rasmus uh, 20 years ago. So it feels weird. Like 20 years ago, I was watching their show at my hometown, hometown Bori. Yeah, 20 years later, I'm playing at the same stage with them. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's super weird, <laughs> but it's really cool. We're super honored to be part of this group, like the Rasmus, you know. Uh, of course, we've got so many people listening who will be watching UMK on that Saturday night and hopefully voting for you, hopefully choosing uh, the band Cyan Kicks as their entry for Eurovision 2022. What message do you have for the fans who are listening to you right now? We want to say that we love you and we we really appreciate your, all of your support and everything. Fans means everything for us. It's, it's the whole core. Well, Susanna, Neela from Cyan Kicks, thank you so much for joining us here on the Eurotrip and I wish you the very best of luck. Thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. This is the Eurotrip. Brilliant to have Cyan Kicks on the podcast and UMK on Saturday is shaping up to be incredibly competitive. So many good acts in the final. I'm very excited about Saturday in, in general because, you know, we heard from Kyriakos from Aussie Vision before there. So we've got Australia Decides for breakfast and we've got UMK for dinner. Yeah, and it's a bit of a quieter one as well, isn't it? Because sometimes we get these super Saturdays and you've got six or seven shows and you just don't know where to look. But we, we do appreciate these little breaks, don't we, where we just have a few shows, three or four shows. Just let's just take the foot off the gas a little bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It lets us kind of take stock, look at what we've got. Although we say that now, you wait. We'll have all sorts of news. We've cursed it now. We'll have some UK news before <laughs> the end of the week. We'll have some Mother of the Internal songs being announced. It's, it's all going to kick off, isn't it? I should say, by the way, if any of you grab that audio of the podcast of me saying, well, we'll have some UK news later this week, I don't know. I'm guessing. I am unaware of any UK news coming this week. It might happen. It might not. I don't want to cause mass panic. <laughs> yeah, we know just as much as you do. But if we hear anything, we'll be sure to bring it to you. Now, James, comes part of the podcast that I look forward to every single week. It is, of course, James's National Final Lyric of the Week. Oh, not again. Oh, no. Again. Again. Oh, no. <laughs> now, regular listeners of the podcast will be aware that this has been a fairly... What's the best word for this? Occasional? Intermittent is probably the best word. Yeah, I think it probably is. A fairly intermittent feature over recent weeks because you keep forgetting. All I want you to do is pick one lyric from any national final song that you want that you think is a little bit bonkers and then bring it to us. I even found the fun jingle, which we're going to play now because I went to the effort of finding it. So James's national final lyric of the week, which should sound like this. (laughs) 
I'm honestly, I'm just far too busy. I'm, I'm far too busy looking at my phone to make sure Anders Bagger isn't ringing. That's my problem this yeah, still week. Still nothing back from Bagger. Nothing back. Nothing. Back. I should have sent it on WhatsApp, but then at least I could have seen if he'd read it. But I've just sent it as a normal text. Oh, rookie error there. Rookie error. Yeah, no, you probably should, because then at least you could let the listeners know whether or not there was any chance that we'll have Anders back on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. But talking of Sweden. Yes, here we go again. It is the return of the one and only Anna Bergendahl. (laughs) Yeah, let me set this up properly. So I think it was in October last year. We were very lucky to chat to Anna Bergendahl. She joined us on the podcast to chat about her Eurovision memories, her Melfest memories. And then I snuck in a question at the end, which was basically along the lines of, will you be in Melfest in 2022? People would love to see you back. And she pretty much said, no, because I'm going to be doing some of my medical studies. She's a she's a medical student. She works as a nurse as well as a musician. And she pretty much said, no, I've got all my exams. I won't be able to do Melfest at the same time. So people jumped on that and thought that is very disappointing. But then you'll remember a few weeks later, she was announced as one of the artists, wasn't she, Rob? I, for one, feel betrayed. Betrayed by Bergendahl. I want that on a shirt. <laughs> Betrayed by Bergendahl. So my, one of my first thoughts was, right, let's get back in touch with Anna. So I did, and she was very glad to jump back on Zoom to have another chat. So we're going to find out a lot of things here. She'll chat about her song, of course, her chances of winning Melfest again. And also, you heard that snippet before about how this song, Higher Power, links to her previous Melfest entries, Ashes to Ashes and Kingdom Come. But I started off by asking Anna if at the time... When she said she wasn't going to be doing Melfest in 2022, was she actually just lying to us? <laughs> well, actually, I was speaking the truth. What I said to you was, I can't do med school and Melody Festivalen at the same time. That would ah. be impossible. So now I've quit med school and I'm back in the game. <laughs> so it wasn't a lie. It was all the truth at the time. Now things have just changed. It was. And actually, I did a little blink at you. You did. Yes, you did. I remember that. People wouldn't have heard it on the podcast, but I remember looking at you at the time and I thought, there's something in the eye there that suggests there's something going on. But it's safe to say it's wonderful to have you back in Melody Festival and you must be feeling so, so excited to be back. I am. Yeah. Yes. What was it like when you found out for 2022? Because I remember when we spoke last time, for when you did it in 2010, you were at school when you got a phone call from Krista Bjorkman. And since then, I chatted to uh, Karen Gunnison from SVT and I told her about that little story. And she said, oh, I remember calling Anna this time. And yeah. she was sort of still in school because he was still studying. I think she said you were writing an essay at home when, uh, when she called you. Do you remember that? Yes, I was in the middle of writing my master thesis for my master's in medicine. And she called and I was really surprised because I hadn't expected um, a call from her. I thought that I was going to get it from my manager or something. Uh, but she she called herself and she congratulated me. And I was really uh, kind of um, caught, caught off guard, I guess. I, I, I was um, surprised that I got uh, that I had gotten another chance at Melody Festival. And I was really happy and humbled. And I love uh, Karin. Um, so I was I was thrilled. So when did the journey start then for Higher Power, your song for this year? Because 
you've got another stellar songwriting team behind you. Bobby Lundgren, Thomas Gieson, Eric Burnham as well. These three, along with yourself, wrote your songs in 2019 and 2020. So when did you guys come together, put your heads together and say, let's give it another go? When did that journey begin? Um, so it started in in September or August, I believe. And I had just entered my last year in medical school. Uh, so I was really busy with that. And um, all of a sudden, Bobby calls me and he says that uh, they've written a song for me. So uh, and at that time, uh, Jason uh, was, um, he had a cold or something, so I was really reluctant to, well, he was well then, but I was still reluctant reluctant to see him, so uh, they just sent me the song, and I fell in love with it from the first moment, and sometimes when I write, because I I write all my lyrics, and sometimes uh, when I write them, everything just goes so smoothly, and it's like some kind of a divine inspiration, and I started writing the lyrics, and the first uh, line just came to me and the second and the third and I think I finished the lyrics within 15 minute, minutes and it's it's like that for me sometimes. Sometimes I spend hours sometimes I spend 15 minutes and usually when I spend 15 minutes um, the lyrics are better somehow because otherwise it can become kind of forced somehow um, but yeah and then I recorded it on my iPhone I had the um uh, the song in my headphones and I sang into the iPhone and I sent it back to them and uh, they put my vocals into the uh, software that they use for, for the production and uh, somehow uh, my vocals just fit straight into everything and they tell me that, that that is basically impossible. I guess it has to do with computer engineering somehow, zeros <laughs> and ones, I don't know. Uh, but uh, that was basically impossible, but it happened. So that was like another sign for me that this is this is, this is is right. First the lyrics just came to me and then my vocals just fit straight into the track. So uh, yeah, and we are really happy with it. How surprised were Bobby and Thomas and Eric when you sent it so quickly because I'm surprised sitting here that you managed to write those lyrics in 15 minutes. They must have got a big shock when you sent the file over to say, guys, I'm done. I finished the lyrics and here's the recording. Well, uh, they know that sometimes it takes me, I mean, it can even take days for me to finish finish lyrics. Um, But they know that every once in a blue moon, I just um, get on with it and finish very very quickly. But uh, yeah, they were... They were happy, and I'm really happy too because uh, that, for me, is some some kind of sign that that I am on the right track, and this is what I'm supposed to do um, when I'm just totally inspired and in sync with um, the melody. And uh, yeah, can you give us any sort of insight into the track? I know from chatting to so many of your other artists in Melfest that everything is so so secretive in Sweden when it comes to Melody Festival and but what can you what are you allowed to tell us about the song can you tell us anything about the melody can you tell us anything about the inspiration actually when you were writing the lyrics what can you what can you tell us sure well for me as a songwriter um my biggest goal is to inspire hope and faith and comfort into the people listening to my music Uh, Music is what I go to when I'm feeling down or 
even you know when i have a good day music makes the day better so that is the ultimate goal for me is to do that as a songwriter so that is a theme in all my lyrics basically and this time too i think and hope that people will see kind of a trilogy between ashes to ashes kingdom come and higher power i think that there is a continuum that there somehow it's the same songwriting team uh, we have the same choreographer and stylist and um, uh, creative um, producers for the number. So um, so there will definitely be, um, yeah, I hope that, that, that it will be a, a trilogy. And it's kind of a, um, a mid-tempo song with uh, a lot of power. There is some darkness there too and uh, a um, mystic somehow. Oh, Anna, you're just teasing us with all this now, honestly. <laughs> but you're going to get so many people excited because, you know, you're telling us that you've got some of the same production team behind it. We just think back to 2020 and your performance on stage there with Kingdom Come, and it looked, as well as sounded, spectacular. And if Thank this you. is going to be some sort of trilogy, you know, 10th in the final with uh, Ashes to Ashes, third in the final with Kingdom Come, surely first in the final this year, Anna. <laughs> Let's hope so. What's your focus been like over the last couple of months as well? Because I've been looking at your Instagram and trying to keep up to date with what you've been doing. Uh, you've been releasing more music at the end of last year. You went on a tour at Christmas time. Was Melfest sort of at the back of your head uh, at that sort of time to try and let you focus on this? Then it got into the new year and then it's sort of full steam ahead with Melody Festival. And... Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, we started rehearsing uh, at the end of last year, but as you said, I was on tour. I did some TV shows and and I finished my my master's in medicine, so I was quite busy. But yeah, uh, at the first of January, I was like, let's do this. Um, so and I always somehow I like to see this as um, like I'm an elite um, um, gymnast or soccer player or, or something like that. So I, you know, I get up, I, I work out, I do my choreography, I sing, I do interviews, I try to keep busy uh, writing songs as well to stay, you know, inspired. And uh, yeah, so I work, I work really hard, actually. As we're chatting, there's been one show in Melody Festival and so far, we've had one on the TV, the first heat. Uh, were you watching? Did you have it on the TV at the weekend? I was watching, yes. And what did you think? Because we always chat to people in Sweden and we just know how much people in Sweden love Melody Festival. And there must be just this big buzz when it comes back around, even more so this year, knowing that in a few weeks' time, it's going to be you. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I don't think that I have ever been in the last uh, heat. Um, so this is kind of a long wait for me and a long buildup of nervousness and everything. Um, so it, it was kind of nerve wracking watching the first show. You know, there are so many uh, cues in the show that get me nervous. So, um, but it was it was a great show and me, like everybody else, I mean, I loved uh, Cornelia. She was uh, totally amazing. Uh, and she she frightens me. Oh, that girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be one of the big competitions in the final. If you reach it, you two head to head amongst each other. Oh, I don't know what people are going to think if you two are in the final together. It's going to be 
crazy to try and decide who to vote for honestly yeah yeah as well in one of the heats when people are listening to this chat um anders bagger would have already performed in his heat a man mm. you probably remember from many years ago because he was on idol the same year you did idol as well wasn't he yeah, I was uh, 16. It was in 2008. Um, I ended fifth in the competition. And yeah, he was, uh, I remember him as uh, really just nice and funny. And I think that he, um, he he understood what I wanted to do and he, he understood my vocals. And yeah, I, I like him. Now, let's chat about what uh, springtime could look like for you then. Because as you say, when we spoke last time, you were potentially going to be finishing some of your studies for the, for the second sort of life that you live, the musical life and then the doctor life as well. That's all going to look a bit different then this year, then, isn't it? Yeah. So my classmates are becoming physicians in June. I am not. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I will get to go on tour. I will release new music. Um, and I'm just, you know, my focus right now is just uh, one day at a time. And um, my main focus focus is the first, you know, heat, the first semifinal or, or what we call it now. Um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully making it to the final. And uh, after that, I'm just really ready to get back on on tour. There's going to be so many people who are crossing their fingers and hoping that you do get through the first heat, get to the final, potentially even win. If you do or you don't, safe to say it's just great to be back for you. You must just be over the moon to be in Melody Festival and getting that chance once again to perform on that stage. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it's one in a million to get to do, do this four times. Um, and uh, my hopes are high, uh, of course, uh, but I feel really humbled toward the uh, competition. Um, and uh, I'm just really ready to have fun because it's a lot of fun. Um, have you ever been? I went to the final in 2019. So yeah, I saw you actually on stage for Ashes to Ashes. And honestly, that was such a great feeling to be in the audience that year. It is, right? So, you know, and, and that's the feeling in the audience. And we have that feeling, you know, all week. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. Well, safe to say we are all really looking forward to seeing what you bring song wise, performance wise. And yeah, I just want to wish you the very best of luck for your heat because we are all so very excited to see what you bring. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. This is the Euro Trip. Anna Bergendahl there on the Eurotrip podcast. So good to have her back. So good that you two are still friends, by the way, that you're still happy to chat <laughs> to one another after after the Bergendahl betrayal, as I titled it earlier on. But absolutely fantastic that Anna is indeed back in Melody Festival and in 2022. She'll be performing on Saturday. Who knows? Maybe she'll make it through to the final once again and she will have a chance to return to the Eurovision stage what would be 12 years after her last appearance. And who knows, maybe she'd actually make it through to the final this time, fingers crossed. Yeah, you say fingers crossed. We know so many of you are big fans of Anna. She's one of those artists in Melfest that you always look forward to when you see a name on the sheet at the beginning of the year. So very excited to see what she brings this coming weekend. Good luck to her. Of course, we'll have all the reaction, of course, uh, next week on Melfest Monday. But before we wrap up today's episode, there's only one thing we can do before we end. It's time for the return of the one second song. It certainly is. Now, this week to end the show, it is James to guess 
And I have provided this week's One Second Song. So, James, for the first time for you and the listeners, here's this week's One Second Song. Oh, man, I hate it when it sounds so easy and yet so hard. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear me. Rob, what are you doing to me here? Yeah, I mean, I really think this is easy this week. I said it was easy for you two weeks ago, but I really think this is easy this week. Should say, by the way, if you are new to this, the one second song, I guess you've probably gathered by now, we play the first second of a Eurovision song, and we have to guess the name of the song, the name of the artist, the year it was performed, and the country that it was representing. And it sounds like James has got no clue. Uh, I currently lead uh, I currently lead 18-12 in the scores. Right, let's just hear it one more time, at least for my benefit. Okay, cool. So there's four points on offer. Honestly, something's come to me here. And either either I'm going to be spot on or my wires are so crossed, there's no way you'll be able to untangle them, okay? So I feel like I should just dive headfirst into it and go for it. What do you think? I'm very excited about what's about to happen. So yes, please do go on. Oh my goodness, this could be absolute carnage. But <laughs> I'm going to say... What I'm going to say is this, because this is what I think it is. Oh my goodness, how embarrassing if I'm so wrong. Is it the United Kingdom? Rob's face is frozen on the Zoom. I can't tell if he's trying to give anything away. Is it the UK? Oh, I'm just going to say it. 2008, Andy Abraham, even if. Four points are yours. Oh, thank goodness. Oh my goodness, thank goodness (laughs) for that. My reputation is intact. Now, before we hear the song... I have got a confession to make, and I almost had to, uh, yeah, I would have had to be a bit more lenient with you this week, because you'd be unsurprised to hear that Andy Abraham is not a huge fan of his song being available on streaming services. (laughs) So if you look for Andy Abraham's original studio recording of Even If, uh, you won't find it, because of course the UK didn't do incredibly well in 2008. So instead, I uh, thought, well, what's the next best thing? And uh, I found Even If brackets as made famous by Andy Abraham close bracket from <laughs> a, a, from a playlist called workout soundtracks so let's hear a little bit more of that song not quite as Andy would have intended it but as you can hear it on Spotify from the workout soundtracks playlist you're keeping me fascinated no I Yeah, that's definitely not Andy Abraham, is it? <laughs> definitely not Andy Abraham, no. Definitely not him. But you were correct with uh, with your guess and four points are yours. And that means you close the gap. 16-18. Fantastic stuff. Let us know on Twitter as well, at your Twitter podcast, if you were as confident as I wasn't. And if you got four points as well, please do get in touch. Now, tenuous link to this week's One Second Song to the episode. Any ideas? I've got no idea. Don't you tell me that Anna Bergendahl has done a cover of that because I'll be all over it. (laughs) No, unfortunately she hasn't. It's pretty straightforward this week. So, of course, we spoke to Kyriakos earlier on in the podcast, or at least I did anyway. It's Australia Decides this weekend. One of the acts in Australia Decides is Sean Miley Moore. Sean Miley Moore competed in the UK version of The X Factor in 2015. And of course, the first X Factor star from the UK that we saw at Eurovision 
was Andy Abraham in 2008. Very, very well done. He also used to be a bin man. So I don't know if Anna about uh, Anna Bingendahl. Anna Bingendahl <laughs> used to be a bin man. I don't know. Maybe she did. I'll have to ask her next time. You didn't laugh at my Anna Bingendahl. <laughs> I just thought we'd, uh, you know, forget forget about the fact that you picked me up on my... Uh, Hopefully her song's not rubbish. Oh, Rob. Rob. <laughs> Rob. If, if you're listening, you've got permission just to press stop and just go away now. You're not going to miss anything else. I mean, you are, because you have some very important things to tell people, which you're going to do in just a second. But before that, we have to say thank you to everybody who has joined us on today's episode, including Kyriakos Tinovitz from Aussie Vision, and of course, Cyan Kicks from over in Finland, and... Anna Bingen, sorry, Bergendahl. <laughs> Rob, stop it. And of course, the biggest thanks to you for listening. Don't forget, we'll be back on Monday for Melfest Monday and back in seven days' time for a brand new episode of the Eurotrip. In the meantime, you can keep in touch with us and send us any of your messages. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. And you can read any of our exclusive stories that come from the podcast on EurotripPodcast.com and as well. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. You got your pyjamas on again? No, this is just a sweater. (laughs) It doesn't look like a pyjama, does it? It's like when you were wearing your pyjamas yesterday. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.